Hey everybody, welcome to Regardless, You Got This. I'm your host, Skylar Sorkin. Say hello to the syllabus for your 20-something soul. The syllabus you never received in college is finally making an appearance. This podcast will inspire you to create your very own 20-something syllabus, ultimately guiding you towards your sole purpose, regardless of self-doubt and what others think. As your host, I'm your human connector. It is my absolute pleasure to introduce you to my superhuman network, a network of 20-something-year-olds, as well as a sprinkle of some older ones who have truly enriched my life by sharing tools that have helped them to navigate their 20s in order to get closer to their dreams. These relationships and conversations have had a deep impact on my personal and spiritual life, allowing me to create my very own syllabus. On each episode, one superhuman will share their breakthroughs, aha moments, as well as the resources that have helped them to find peace, knowledge, energy, and success in their 20s. At the end of each episode, a guest speaker will leave you with several syllabus steps and homework to practice and embody in between each month's episode. I challenge you to digest these stories and allow them to help you curate your very own syllabus, whether that's related to career, personal development, spirituality, love, you name it. We're in this process together, working together towards creating a personal syllabus that is unique to our souls. At the end of each month, we will have a new written step direction, and a conscious goal to work on. So when we get to the end of a regardless season, we have seasoned. Alrighty, let's get to work. So in celebration of the holidays, as well as cuffing season, I am collaborating with my very good friend, Maria Fernanda from Blue Hour Goods for a fun little giveaway. Blue Hour Goods is a new line of contemporary aromatherapy home goods to relax and stay present during not-so-relaxing times, which has truly been this past year. All of Blue Hour Goods are made thoughtfully and ethically with local and natural dyes. So with that being said, I'm absolutely obsessed with all of her products. My favorite is the Lavender Eye Pillow, which I typically use to meditate Um, After yoga classes, I'll just put them on my eyes and it's so relaxing. You can also even pop them in the microwave to heat them up or even place in the freezer and really use it as an ice pack. Fun fact as well, these babies are also an amazing hangover cure. So if you're interested in winning a lavender eye pillow or a lavender infused satin pillow, please like my latest new episode post on my Instagram at Skylar Sorkin. Follow at Blue Hour Goods on Instagram and go ahead and comment on my post what you have been afraid to want in a relationship. So some examples would be, I want to be in a loving and vulnerable relationship or I want to be in love with someone who knows my flaws and loves me purely anyway. After that, I will go ahead and pick my favorite top two comments and those top two comments will win a lavender eye pillow or a lavender-infused satin pillow. So get to it. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the second episode of Regardless. So I am extremely juiced about this episode because we are getting into dating in our 20s. What does that even look like? (laughs) What does that mean? (laughs) 
and coming to terms that it's actually really not as complicated as we think it is. So with that being said, let's give a huge warm welcome to my superhuman guest, number two, dating and relationship coach, Melanie Torres. Hello, hello. Hi, so honored to be here. Oh, so, so happy to have you. I can't even explain. Um, I met this beautiful soul, Melanie, actually at a health and wellness retreat called Renew. And funny story, I actually met Melanie because Sage Miller helped put on the retreat, Renew, and Sage was my actually first guest superhuman. So as you can see, the world is truly that small. Um, so the reason why I actually wanted Mel on this podcast is because I have a crazy <laughs> vivid memory of us <laughs> from this retreat. And she was a stranger to me at this moment in time, but I asked her if she needed a ride on our way to the next like retreat activity, um, which was a hike. And we get to this retreat like 30 minutes, a little bit too early because I drive way too fast. And we end up just sitting in my car. It's not even kidding about like 80 degrees outside, no AC. True. 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 <laughs> and we still have the most delicious conversation in the entire world about my love life, even though it's non-existent, <laughs> her love life, dating in our 20s. What does that look like? And from that very moment, I absolutely knew that she'd be an honorable guest speaker on my podcast one day. So here we are with tons of manifestation and hard work after. So hello, Melanie. Ah, Sky. Hi. I can't believe that it was just a couple months ago that you even asked me and then like, here we are. I know it's pretty, it's pretty amazing. Yeah. And I just absolutely knew that you were going to be my very first guest speaker to tackle the dating subject, relationships and intimacy, especially because this is truly a crazy ass topic during this, this yeah. time of life. Yeah. And I mean, dating in our twenties, um, I feel like there's not really a reference for it. Yep. Mm-hmm. So that's why we're creating a syllabus for everyone. I for sure need it. <laughs> yep. The syllabus that you wish you had. I mean, like I wish that I knew all of these things that I know now today, five years ago. Yeah. Well, amazing. Thank you for going through the hard work to get to where you are and showing up and sharing your wisdom and allowing us to have a little bit more wisdom before you had it. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, Mel. <laughs> <laughs> Everything has a purpose. So here I am sharing. I love it. Well, let's get into a juicy, sexy, and scary topic of dating. Alrighty. Well, Melanie, I know you are, how old are you again? I'm so sorry for asking. It's just oh, no. <laughs> fundamental. I am 33. She's 33 years old. The 30s are the new 20s. So you are a baby and just beautiful. But you are actually one of my superhumans who are a little bit more wiser than us 20-year-olds. So this will be a really informational episode. So everyone listen up. All right, so let's just get into it. Um, Mel, so I'm really curious 
if you don't mind just telling me a little bit more about your experience dating in your 20s and what that was like and how that came into growing your business now of becoming a dating coach and maybe what your dating journey looks like and how that differs to what you're hearing from people experiencing dating in their 20s now. Yeah. Um, I would even say that my dating experience predated my 20s. Okay. Um, So I'll just be completely honest. It's one of those stories that like, you're going to write about it. You're going to read about it in a book and everybody's going to laugh. I had a crush on somebody in high school. Uh, He was a couple years older than me, um, but he also lived long distance. So he would come and visit in the summers and like our circles were the same, um, but he would leave. And so I was just like, oh, whatever, I'm not into it. Um, But he came back, did freshman year of college in my area. So he was no longer leaving for the summertime or like just here for the summertime. Uh, first semester, a couple weeks into it, started dating this girl. Ooh, I yeah. see you. It wasn't me, right? And so I was like, what in the world? Oh, excuse you? me. He started seeing this girl. Yeah, he started seeing this girl. <laughs> yeah. Uh, cool story. Okay, uh, not cool. Yeah. Um, and then like, I could just feel it of like, I would see them around and they would be like lovey-dovey together. Um, but fast forward a couple years, it didn't work out. They dated for like a couple months and it actually came out because I ended up being friends with this girl. Mm. Um, and she actually told me like, yeah, that guy actually ended up wanting to date me so that he would make you jealous and you would start going out with him. Oh my goodness. So, um, there's how just things began. (laughs) Yeah. We'll say. And so I would have these experiences with like guys that were like wishy-washy. Um, they would like make the move of like letting me know their interest in hmm, like body language and like how they would talk to me, but actually not be direct of like, hey, I like you. Let's like be in a relationship. Let me take you out to dinner or like, let's figure this out. It was just very wishy-washy. So kind of playing the game, not being really straightforward. Yes. Very, very familiar. (laughs) Right. I think we all are. (laughs) Yes. So we've laid out the playing field. I'm not somebody who like totally knows what they're doing, have the best, have had the best experiences. Like I know what that felt like, how Mm -hmm. it feels and how to go, how it went going through all of those guys. Um, and I remember just being done and being fed up with it and then being numbed to the game. Mm. So when did you find yourself being fed up with everything? Like, can you give me an age? Ooh, I think I was probably 27, 26, 27. Okay. So almost a decade. Yeah. Of dealing with nonsense. Oh, yeah. And it's other people's nonsense. Who knows if that's insecurity? Could be a number of numerous amounts of other, you know, things going on. Right. Yeah. And so, I mean, like, but I, but I definitely 
played my part into that too. And so that's been the biggest mindset shift, perspective change, like removal, filter removal of like, oh man, I played a part in my life mm. and in my dating experience. Ooh, so not playing victim yeah. to what is happening, what is showing up, you know, what, are, what you keep on experiencing. So if you keep on experiencing guys playing games or you may be picking fuck boys over and over again or fuck right. girls over and over again, you're, you're playing a role in that. Right. So let's get a little bit deeper into this. I really like this. So how, Mel, like, how did you understand that you were playing a role in that? And what really made you become totally fed up and the fact that you were going to shift your perspective and be, you know, your authentic self and approach your dating life being your authentic self? Yeah. I mean, I was, I was an LA girl, lived in a... LA downtown studio ha- at the time had like the best job because I was working in the entertainment industry um, and worked with clients like 32nd of Mars, Matchbox 20, Nora Jones, Foo Fighters. So like, awesome. Yeah. So had the best job. Um, and then I also like lived life, experienced life, traveled, went to uh, did like a Southeast Asia tour, taught English in the Philippines for like a couple months. So, I mean, like I checked off all the cool boxes, yeah. right? <laughs> <laughs> but if I was going to be honest, I was living life completely empty. Mm. And it was just experience after experience that I was trying to like fill this void within myself um, and realizing, and the the hard lesson was realizing that it was me that I was trying to fulfill. It was mm. me that I was trying to make happy. There were deep-seated needs that I had that I didn't realize that I was just glossing over, passing over, and I didn't know how to meet them for myself. And so I was deflecting yeah. on other people, mm-hmm. expecting them to show up for me in a way that I was supposed to show up for myself. And so I was in my apartment and it was one of those like just finished another date numbing date really it was just like if i overlook these red flags then it could really work yeah <laughs> I'm completely honest because yeah. everybody's <laughs> been there <laughs> we've all been there we're gonna get into that more a little bit. yeah so if i just ignore these things that really are gonna be a big deal later on i could be, we'll be in fine. a relationship yeah totally and I'll be happy. Yeah. So I'm sitting That's there what like, what's it going to take, girl, yeah. to like, what's it really going to take for you to get what you want, to like be really happy, to like have the peace and rest that you actually are looking for? Um, and I, I, they're, they're just like series of events that happened um, at that time. Um, Instagram ads, they work. Mm-hmm. And so this ad came up of like this woman that was like, how to love your single life, right? And I was like, no, this is not my answer because I hate my single life right now. And I don't want to love it because I want to be in a relationship. Because we think once we're in a relationship, all of our problems will be solved. And that is not true. Right. Because the key is loving ourselves. Within ourselves. Right. And filled. 
Um, but I gave into it. I was like, maybe this is the answer that I've been looking for. Like okay. that deep, like, I think this is a thing. You should start listening because you haven't listened before and something's trying to tell you something. And so this was the journey of really starting to listen to myself, starting to be aware, starting to ask the right questions. Um, so I was like, okay, fine, let's just give it a shot. And so this was the first time that I actually invested in myself. Mm. There's this four week like module and just things of like the desire for a relationship isn't bad. Um, it was also faith-based. And so I actually rekindled um, my relationship with faith and spirituality. Awesome. Um, unlearned a lot of things, relearned things that was just specific and unique to me and not somebody else's idea of what it looked like. And so after this, she talked about therapy. And I did therapy once. I went through like a a breakup and I was just like, the world's going to end. <laughs> I'm yeah. never going to get married. And I did therapy at that time, but I remembered it was such a good, they were good sessions. And so I had a really good taste of therapy of like, well, why don't we do it again? Let's see what happens. Awesome. And so this was really the beginning of unlearning, learning, self-awareness, listening to myself, asking the questions um, in a very, very safe, safe manner. Um, and so I started therapy and things were coming up out of therapy that I had never told anybody else. And so it's really funny once you start talking about memories that you've had and somebody who's safe and somebody who is educated and experienced in their field can actually start making the connections for you of like, absolutely, this is rooted in a thing and you just play it over and over again with different people but essentially at the heart of the manner matter it's the same thing yeah and i loved what you said about relearning and unlearning specific mm -hmm. things because ultimately it's it all comes down to our mind and our mind we play over habits and oh, yeah. habitual thinking processes and that really has a great effect on all of your relationships and how you approach the world and especially how you approach relationships and intimacy and dating. Mm -hmm. And if you don't ultimately have a good understanding of yourself, self-awareness and who you are and your values, you're going to have a hard time finding someone who's in alignment with you and your, your future self. Yeah. Yeah. You're just going to think that like, well, I could be that for that person. And then I could be, well, it didn't work out for them. So maybe that's not the thing. Maybe it's this person over here and what they like, but really just not sitting down with like, no, what does Melanie want? What does Sky want? What is the, my heart's truest desire? First of all, props to you for understanding that you needed to get to know yourself more and devoted that time to loving yourself and giving back to yourself. When did you want to become a dating coach? Like what was that trigger? What was that transition? It's a really interesting and amazing career. And, you know, matchmaking is something that it sounds so interesting to me and I feel like I'd be great at it, but a dating coach, like girl, props. <laughs> I need to hire you. Oh <laughs> uh, my goodness. Okay. So um, I think that 
everything started last year. Um, so this is my this is my gratitude really to the pandemic. So everything moved virtual. Um, so I started making like friendships online and doing virtual things. And I got um, plugged into this um, Facebook group and um, and they did something called like corn dating or digi mm -hmm. dating, something like that. And so um, I would get to know these people in this, um, like a friend of mine would pop up or I would like start to have a conversation with someone and like somebody else come to my, came to mind. And so I was like, okay, well, again, right? Like I'm learning to listen to myself. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> and so I just posed the question of like, um, well, actually somebody, now that it's, it's recalling to me, but somebody reached out to me and was like, hey, I really want to go on a blind date and I trust you. Can you hook me up with someone? Oh, so you started off with matchmaking. Yeah. Melanie, yeah. this is a phenomenal. <laughs> Fabulous. I've got stories for days. And so I was like, <laughs> I was like, oh man, that's so much fun. And so I screenshot his message and I posted it on my personal Instagram. And I was like, hey, who wants to like go on the date with this dude? Blah, blah, blah. Was this guy embarrassed? No, not at all. Because I asked him. permission. Yeah. Okay, good. Got yeah. It. So, um, but the funny thing is nobody, well, there was a few people that were like interested, but that one guy, literally three other guys DM'd me and was like, Hey, I'm interested too. Can you set me up? With <laughs> this <someone?"> is awesome. <laughs> and so, um, I, by the end of that week, I had four virtual matches set up. Um, and a few of them like, well, actually all of them were like, Hey, it didn't work out with this person. Can, but can you set me up with somebody else? Were you getting paid to do this? No, I was just having fun. Cause what are Melanie. you supposed to do in a pandemic? <laughs> <laughs> Smart girl. So, okay. So you started off with matchmaking and then what really transitioned you into actual, you know, relationship and dating coaching? Um, it was the thing that just kept coming up. Mm. Um, I could talk about dating and relationships and online dating all day long with or without like preparation. It was just inside me. You know, I think it's really complicated because first of all, as being in our twenties, we're also growing into our own. We're trying to understand our own personal identity and we're really evolving year after year. You know, even next week I may not like I don't know, like peanut butter, even though that would never happen. Yeah. Or I may not want to, I don't know. I just may not be into drinking anymore or things that may be so seem so important in our twenties can be so small, but yet have a huge um, impact on relationships and differing personalities. And that's a really, really small, you know, example. But I think, I think at some level, all of us, what we sh all share in common is that I think that really we all want intimacy. Mm -hmm. We all want respect. Mm -hmm. We all want someone to understand us. And we all really want to grow with someone at some point in our lives. And I think, you know, once I really look at all of these similarities, I think sense of freedom is huge. Mm -hmm. And when I start to think about this idea of freedom, I think the freedom idea is what triggers all the issues that we see in dating in our 20s. 
and why we think dating in our 20s can be terrible because this idea of freedom is what triggers, you know, the gray areas in situationships, ghosting. I mean, the gray area in between knowing if you're his girlfriend, like when does he say it? It gets so freaking confusing and it's actually kind of stupid, but I swear to you, each of these people listening, they're like, they stress about whether or not like they're someone's girlfriend or boyfriend because this whole label situation um, and so much more. And I think it really comes down to the idea of freedom and opposite of freedom, which also is not opposite, but if we look at it, you know, security, because we also Mm -hmm. care about security. And I think that a lot of us in our twenties will settle and maybe like this relationship, you're in a relationship and it's not really propelling you to be your better person or, you know, what's best for your future self, but you're in this relationship because it feels safe. Mm-hmm. So I think there's this idea of freedom and security. And when I look at freedom, I think it's really important to understand that you can have freedom in a relationship and you can have freedom single. But the difference there is that freedom in a relationship is freedom to be fully yourself in a relationship. Yeah. So that the other person that you're in the relationship with embraces your full self. In our 20s, we don't really understand this concept. And instead, we're really influenced by our past toxic relationships, mm-hmm. our peers' toxic, you know, unhealthy relationships, gossip, drama, just gonna have drama with college, you know our concept of sex and one night stands. I think there's just a lot of miscommunication, misunderstanding, just not enough education and us not understanding the difference between not us, not understanding what freedom means. Uh, Yeah. I don't think freedom means that we have to sleep around and not be in a relationship. I think that freedom means staying really true to yourself, your values, what you want. Mm -hmm. And being able to find that in a relationship when it's time. I get this picture when you talk about freedom and just everything that you shared about. It's not one night stands. It's not living the way that you want to. It's not um, having options. Right. Yeah. Freedom is actually allowing yourself the permission to truly want what you want and stand alone in it. Mm. And we think that we're standing alone, but if we give ourselves a minute to let the dust settle, we'll actually find that people are actually also standing with us. It just may not be the people that we're surrounded with day to day. Because once you allow yourself the permission of like, you know what, I don't want to do one night stands, that cuts out more than half of the people that you actually interact with. (laughs) Yeah. And that's a huge girl. That's a huge topic because I think especially women, Mm -hmm. we're taught throughout college that we should be excited about one night stands. It's something we should flaunt. We should communicate one night stands and be excited about it with our girlfriends. And I think it's all kind of this lie And we all think that it's cool and, you know, like, oh my God, like I just had sex with this guy last night, blah, 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 blah. Like it was so much fun. And it's like, girl, really? Did you really have that much fun? Like, did it really feel that good? Yeah. Like, no, 
And a lot of girls, like we feel, I'm saying we because we're in this together. Metaphorically speaking, I'm not saying me in particular, but we, we feel like we have to be okay with being in with the crowd and saying we have, you know, we orgasm every time we have sex. It's actually quite, quite sad. Yeah. I, there's a question that I actually really like to ask my clients is whose voice actually said that? Mm. Right. Like if somebody said one night stands are so much fun, did you say that? Or where did you hear that first and who said it? Was it your girlfriend? Was it, um, some like show that you saw that elicited all of these feelings and emotions, but who said that? Yeah, I think that's really powerful. And if and we I go think, through life just asking those questions of like, wait a minute, who said that? Who told me that? We actually understand like, oh no, my girlfriend who's like in this toxic relationship said that. I don't really know if I actually want to follow what she said and believes. It's hard, and I think especially when we're younger, we don't really know who to believe, and we're also learning, Mm -hmm. and I think that's when we make a lot of mistakes, and from those mistakes, I hope that we can all learn and trust ourselves, and through learning experiences, we get to understand what truly feels in alignment with us and not feel bad about it and be able to stand alone, and you're really not alone, but let's say in your small group of five other girlfriends or guy friends, like, be freaking, like, okay. Be cool with that. It's your life. No one else has to live it. And through that, that's when you're going to find more alignment, more friendships, more relationships in alignment yeah. with your values and what you want. If our heart's truest desire is to be seen, heard, understood, and accepted, then we actually have to understand what our heart is asking for. And that means that we actually say the things that we want to say and we want the things that we actually want um, instead of, again, going with the crowd and, oh, is that the new thing to do? Is that the new thing to say? Is that the new thing that's going to get me what I feel or think that I want? Mm. So I think, again, it's really self-reflection and, you know, sitting down with yourself and, and asking yourself, what is it that I really want? Right. So let's say I'm, I'm single. I am single. <laughs> but let's say, you know, like talking to myself, Sky, you know, I'm, I'm really busy right now. You know, it would be great to have a boyfriend, you know, to share an intimate relationship with someone, to, you know, go out with someone have a few drinks, um, just someone to just grow with, share company with, laugh with, um, cuddle with. And yet, you know, I really, really right now, what's really important to me is focusing on myself, my work, growing, and also loving myself even more so that I'm fully developed and know who I am in order for myself to be in a full blooming, beautiful relationship. Yeah. And I don't think anybody actually ever tells us that you can have both. Yeah. You can desire to be in a relationship and have all those things, 
but not be in a place to be ready for it. Yeah. But that doesn't negate your desire. Yeah. And I think it's interesting because I have a lot of friends who feel bad for asking for what they want. So they feel bad wanting a boyfriend. Maybe it's because they feel like it makes them look weak or even undesirable. That's where the game kind of plays in is that if we want a guy, then there's no way he's going to want us. And again, I would say, who said that? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Who said that? Who freaking knows? Whoever said that, no, we do not vibe. Right? Because your heart's desire is that you want somebody honest and you want somebody who's going to choose you, but you're playing this game. The guy that you want isn't playing that game. Yes, yes, yes. The guy that you want is the guy who freaking wants you. Yeah. And there is no game because when a guy or a girl wants you, you will ask no questions. It will be simple like any good flipping friendship in your life. Right. So question for you, Mel, why do you think people play games? Again, it's, there's a maraud of reasons. One, they may just not really know what they want. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, well, this feels good right now. So let's do that. Um, Another may just be, they really like to waste people's time and they've got nothing better to do. And so, or there's the insecurity of like, they really don't have what it takes to be in a relationship. And so this is what I'm going to do because I have options and I get to pick Mm. whoever I want whenever I want to and be non-committal about it. But really it's because they are unable to be in a committed relationship. And I think it's really smart for all of us to hear what Melanie's saying, because this is our answer to why people ghost. So if you don't want to waste your time and you're into the guy or the girl and they're ghosting you, please replay this and rethink your decision. (laughs) I'm going to, when this, when I'm ghosted the next time, whoever's listening to this, I'm talking to you. (laughs) Make it I'm going to replay this and make my decision because ultimately for those of us who have nine to five jobs are working on ourselves, put our friends first, and just truly want the best for others and are not here to waste anyone's time, please don't ghost. Come on. Please be honest with me. Please be honest. Like you're not going to, you're going to hurt someone more by ghosting them rather than being transparent. And I think being transparent, that's when we're like, damn, that is a cool freaking person. I want to be in their life. Why burn bridges, dude? Oh, yeah. Why? Um, definitely don't burn bridges because you never know. Never. You never know. Maybe you were ghosting freaking Lady Gaga, Megan Fox. Hey, I have no Melanie idea. Torres. <laughs> <laughs> I will say this though. Um, healing is so important. Inner healing is so important because I actually got to the stage where people don't ghost me. So hey, in this talk season to of dating. Yeah. This season of dating, I've actually had guys just like, Hey, I'm not feeling it. Like, I don't want to hurt your feelings or anything, but I just don't want to lead you on. And I'm like, you know what? Thank you so much for saying that. Yeah. Yes. And I think it's also when someone's transparent with you, thank them, thank them for being raw, 
opening up and being like, not wasting your time, like human to human, like, thank you. Thank you for seeing me. I see you back. Right. We're not wasting each other's time. I feel like I am, I have so much passion here because I've been on such, yeah. I've, I've had a lot of really, had a lot of dating experiences. I've dated lots of different types of guys and I've been ghosted. Mm-hmm. I've ghosted before. And I'm sorry to anyone who have ghosted, but I was probably a lot more immature. I was. We've been there. We've done that. We've all done it. We've all done it. And I think just moving forward, let's all vow to be honest with each other, respect one another, respect one's time and energy. And if you're not feeling it, that is okay. No one is asking you to feel it with me. Right. Feel it or you don't. Right. And honestly, it's not that big of a deal. Just be like, hey, I'm not interested in moving forward. Yeah. I'm not interested in going on a date. Right. Like I think sometimes we just get in our heads of like, I don't want to, it it is uncomfortable, right. To tell somebody that you don't like them or, Mm -hmm, of course, or even just, you don't even have to say that I don't like you. It's just, I'm not interested in moving forward. Hey, thanks. Had fun on a date, but I'm just not interested in moving forward. Yeah. And you really don't have to explain. Yeah. But at least you're giving them an answer. Right. Yeah. Okay. I want to move on to another topic. Okay. Because this one is huge (laughs) in um, just in dating in our 20s. So everyone, drum roll, please. Dating applications. We got Hinge. We got Tinder. We got Bumble, The League, Raya. Craziness. So this is a funny um, subject because it's something that I've dabbled into. However, I'm at the stage of my life where I literally, truly do not have time to scroll, Mm. chat, them ask for my snap, to go on a date 50-50, it works, it doesn't. Like you could be wasting three hours of your night where you could be at home journaling, resting, eating a great meal, laughing with your friends, you know, doing whatever you need to do to re-energize yourself for the next day. And this can be really exhausting, especially for people who really care about their energy and want to protect their energy and hearts as well. You know, I mean, I think dating apps also have this stereotype of, you know, people are on it just for sex, for one thing. You know, I see a lot of my friends coming out of Hinge or other dating applications with long-term relationships. Mm -hmm. So I do see a lot of pros um, and, you know, amazing success rates from you know, these applications. But for me, it's just, and I know for a lot of other people, it's really time consuming and it can just be a little bit, not that fun when you go on a date with someone and they've kind of lied. They're not really the same energy that maybe you got on the dating application itself, even Mm -hmm. though, you know, you really don't know the full story until you meet someone in person, but obviously they, there's a big chance they don't have amazing energy. There's no chemistry they don't ask questions, which is a huge issue. Like I'm not on this date for you to, for me to, excuse me, interview you. Yeah. Especially when I'm not getting compensated. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like there is no time for that. So how do we redefine and how do we look at dating apps and how do people who are single that don't have time and energy for dating apps date? Okay. So it really just starts out with your intention, 
what is your intention to download a dating app? Is it to get to know people? Is it to be in a relationship? Is it to get your feet wet? You just got out of a, you're healing from a relationship and mm. just kind of want to, you know, see what's out there. Um, really just start with your intention. And I'm just going to say for those of you who actually want to be in a relationship, the process can get long. It can be exhausting. Um, but if you put your mindset in a way of, this, what I'm doing, this dating process, the swiping, the getting to know somebody is actually an investment in my future relationship. Because this time that I'm using right now, that time of swiping is actually going to be taken up by the relationship in the future. Let's say you're someone who wants a relationship and your intention is to get on Hinge or Bumble or whatever the dating app is. So you're putting an investment into looking for someone who could be a potential match. And you're knowing that time is obviously going to be. It's going to, you're going to have to need to spend some time to do that. But there are also healthy ways to. Yeah. Let's, let's dive into those healthy ways. Yeah. I wanted to set that foundation of like, this is why it's actually important to do that. So I actually, when I was swiping, I don't have notifications on my phone. So I'm not dinged every time that something comes on. Um, Also, I've heard it said that people invest 15 minutes of their day just swiping. And then also, I'm not constantly on the app all the time. And I actually, when it gets really busy, I have a timer set of like, hey, check the apps because I do get busy. But this is something that I truly want. And so I'm going to invest my time and energy in doing it. So again, like I don't have notifications. I've got a set time that I'm on the app. And then also I'm very picky about profiles. Me too. That's why I can't use it because it doesn't work. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, I mean, my, I'm, I'm just very picky. So literally I'm not a huge drinker. So if there's more than two pictures of somebody drinking, that's pass. If they, yes, you have like rule of thumbs. I've got rule of thumbs. Yeah. So I'm going to share them. Sure. Um, and they may not fit for everybody. It's dependent on what you want, but I'm going to share mine. Um, if they have more than one picture of several girls with them. That's a huge red flag. Yeah. My question is to the boys who have multiple pictures of like girls, like holding them. Like, <laughs> dude, like. Are you clueless? Like, do you think I'm going to think that like, oh my God, I want that to be me. Right. I don't get it. Uh, I don't get it either. Okay. I agree with you on that one. (laughs) um, And then if they don't have anything written on their profile. Yeah, that's interesting. If you don't take the time to invest in. Someone getting to know who you are besides your pictures, they're obviously just in it for one thing. Right. Yeah. I think, I think it's really important understanding your own intentions, but for me, I know what my intentions are. I know myself. I know what I want, Mm -hmm. but I think for me, what's hard. And even from someone myself, it's not that like I'm actively searching for relationship. I'm not for me. I'm really happy with who I am and I'm busy and I'm kind of like, when it happens, it happens, but also I don't want to waste my time. So it's trying to understand how do we filter out the fuck boys mm. from 
the guys that are actually there to, if the girl is the girl, then let's, let's, I want to get to know her more and my intentions are pure versus the guy who's like, I just want to get in your pants. Yeah. And I think that's where the time part comes in for me where I don't want to waste my time on those negative guys. I don't have time for that. It's very hard to read via social media. Yeah. But there are, there are certain rule of thumbs and, and, um, you know, ways you can really, that's very obvious, like them not writing anything on their, um, description. I mean, obviously if you're just based on looks, like I know that you only care about looks, but sometimes I think it could just be, you know, you're kind of taking that risk. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, like definitely. And then especially like, if there's nothing on their profile that like vibes with me, sometimes you get into like late night swiping and like you look back on the next day and it's like, why did I, what yeah. was I thinking? <laughs> <laughs> Bumble gives you a notification, you match. And it's like, when did I say yes to you? Yeah. So yeah, just being in that frame of mind of like, what am I looking for? What do I want? But asking yourself that question, like what does Sky want? from a relationship? What does yeah, it feel maybe, like? What and do maybe I right experience? now it's like, it doesn't align with me or you, my beautiful people listening to be on dating apps right now. Like maybe you're really busy and maybe it's just the universe is sign that right now you're really invested in who you are and your friends. And you're going to actually meet someone at Trader Joe's. Hey, like yeah. I have this dream of me being so wrapped up in like my work and I'm just loving, I'm vibing to like my highest vibration of sky. And I'm really excited to pick the salty, creamy peanut butter at TJ's and like my lover is grabbing the same freaking PB bottle as me. And we're like, we just fall in love. <laughs> like we didn't <laughs> mean on hinge, that. but like it was still, I wasn't expecting it. And I feel like a lot of us, like if we're just vibing with ourselves and we're really focused on us, another person will see that and will appreciate that. Yeah. It can be on hinge. It can be in real life, but I really, i just still want our generation to be hopeful that it can happen IRL. Yes, it can. Can it, Mel? Yes, it can. I'm actually going to tell you a story. Um, my roommate at the time, um, somebody approached her in the grocery store. Mm. Uh, I think they were, I don't even, yeah. And it was just like, Hey, um, you and I don't know each other, but you know, just like random conversation. And also she didn't want hit. She did not want to give her number to the guy. Mm. And so he was like, okay, well, can we meet like tomorrow at Starbucks at this address? Um, and she was like, okay, yeah, I'll meet you there at such and such time, the address, blah, 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 whatever. And they actually were like going on dates for a couple months. Okay. So yes, it can happen. When you're on a date and you're trying to figure out whether or not you want to see this person a second time, what are some of like your three red flags that you look out for? Whether or not this person, you're trying to figure out this person has pure intentions what do you, what do you look for? And, and what's like a total just goodbye um, red flag moment? Okay. So I actually don't look for red flags. I actually come to the date with a clean slate, not looking for the bad things. 
So I'll just show up and I'll just see how they are. I give them mm, the best visual I can give is I give them the longest, longest leash possible. So I want to see what you're going to do. I like that. I want to see how you talk about other people. Mm-hmm. I want to see how you interact with whoever is around. I want to see how you talk about your day, how you talk about your job. Um, so yeah, I'm really just observant. And then I'm really self-aware of like, ooh, when they said that, it did not feel right mm. within me. Like something just bothered my soul, my spirit, like that didn't sit well. Um, but then one of the questions that I asked at the end of the date for myself is, do I want to spend time with them again? Am I interested enough? Like, was the conversation good enough to spend more time with them? And I don't have to know if I like them right away or not. I just, is it enough to want to go out on another date? I think that's beautifully said because I know, especially as women, we go into dates and we think, am I good enough? Do I look okay? Does he like me? We're always like, does he like me? Girl. (laughs) It's not, does he like you? Do you like him? Do you like him? Do you like him? What does he bring to the table? Mm -hmm. How does he make you feel? And this can be totally boys. You know, how does she make you feel? Right. What does she bring to the table? Yeah. Because you want to know as much as possible how that person shows up in the world before you make Mm, any decisions. Yeah. Before you figure out like, well, these are my expectations. These are my standards. Because then at that point, like how much are aligned are you without you having to state your needs, wants, and desires? Yeah. Because then that makes it even more difficult if they're just not aligned, period. And I think what's really, really important getting into this kind of segment of values. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of the time when people ask us, well, like what do you look in, what do you look for in a guy? What do you look for in a girl? You know, you could say, you know, he needs to be at least six feet tall because in heels, I don't want to be taller than him. (laughs) Um, You know, I'm really attracted to tall, dark, handsome. You know, if he's from Europe, that would be spectacular. You know, he needs to, I don't know, come from money or drive a Porsche or whatever it is that makes the type of guy you want to date. And I think sometimes we get blinded by those really superficial items that we don't really look into what they actually mean. Mm -hmm. So with that being said, Mel, will you explain what I mean by this? Yes. So six feet tall dude, right? Yeah. We'll go with that because that's something that I had wanted um, in the past as well. I mean, but, I can't blame anyone who wants that. Right, right. Uh, but, but I'm, I'm also five three. So, yeah. <laughs> like, what are talking I to a five nine girl? So, yeah. But really, what that meant to me is when I was walking by somebody next to someone who was six feet tall, and I was with them, I just felt protected. Mm. But I mean, but that was something that I made up in my head. I didn't know if this man knew how to fight or anything like that. Like, you didn't I know him. You know, I don't know if he's gonna run away when fists start like. You know, yeah, right. Um, but that or, was my or need. protection emotionally. 
Right. You don't know what he's going to do when, you know, God forbid someone in your family passes away and you need a supporting shoulder to cry on. Right. Is he supportive? Is he emotionally available? Is he in tune with his emotions? Is he self-aware, which is a huge, right. huge right. subject. And so that six feet tall person actually just meant for me, it could mean something else for you, that just protection. If I want to feel safe that if something were to happen, God forbid, like just a tragedy in whatever space that we were in, I just wanted to make sure that like he wasn't going to run out the door and forget about me. Mm. Right? Like a fire broke out, like, oh, you need to get out first. Yeah. And I think those are your, you know, just your instincts as a female. Right. You know, we're, we're born with, with certain things that we can't really, you know, right. control. So I think, but if we're really able to get smart and listen to these superficial items that come up whenever we're stating what type of guy we want to be with, if we're able to really look more deep mm-hmm. and pinpoint what it is we're actually needing and what it is we actually want, that expands the pool of amazing guys you're able to date and girls. Right. Like I if it's protection, even, you know? Right. I even want to just tackle the Porsche one. Yeah. Um, just because somebody may look at that as a superficial thing, but actually maybe it's just because you want to live life to the fullest Mm -hmm. and that's what that means to you. Like somebody who's not going to be like, no, I don't want to take risks. No, I'm not like an adrenaline junkie, but maybe that's what you are. You want to go fast and drive super fast on the highway and at the expense of like a ticket, but that's the way you want to live. But that's the core value of like, I just want to live life on the edge or I want to live life, you know, extravagantly, like Mm. that's not a bad thing. It's just, it's not really that you're looking for a guy who drives a Porsche. Yeah. It's the core values and getting just deeper. Right. Like you want to live a luxurious, extravagant life and that's not bad. It's just, that's not what the Porsche means. Yeah. And that's beautiful. And I think if we're able to understand our core values more when dating, can you imagine that the level of vibration we'd be freaking manifesting that man at? Right. Like, let's say you want a six foot guy. Let's a superficial list. You want a six foot guy. You want him to drive a Porsche. You want him to, you know, maybe he was born in like the Philippines or something. If we look at that at a core value level, mm-hmm. what you really want is protection, safety, freedom and travel. Yeah. And And then now look at like your pool just got so much bigger. Yeah. And I'm not, we're not trying to say like, you know, you have to date a four foot nine guy. Right. Like, of course you have to be sexually (laughs) attracted to this person, but this pool just expanded a trillion times more. Right. And you're going to be more happy you're going to be fulfilled. You're going to live the most fullest life with, you know, with a person who's just on the same wavelength as you rather than something that's superficial and something that you think you want when it's actually not what you really want or need. Because really sometimes, I mean, not sometimes, a lot of the times we show up with a checklist of, do they have this? Do they have that? Are they this and that? But really it's who are they without all of those things? That's really what you want to look at. Mm -hmm. That's really what you want to understand. Because at the end of the day, if I pull of all of those things that you actually had, who are you? 
And I think that's what brings us back to your journey. And what was so beautiful about your journey is that you understood the importance of understanding, loving yourself. Right. And once you're able to do that, then you're able to open yourself up to others, understand and love others, and there to be that mutual love and understanding, which truly is freedom. Right. Because if you understand who is Melanie, who is Sky, and then come to the conclusion, man, Sky is fucking awesome. Who wouldn't want to be with Sky? Yeah. Then you understand like, no, I don't want to be treated that way. I'm okay. Thanks. And you don't care. Yeah. And you don't have time for ghosting. You don't have time for fuck boys. You don't have time for players. Maybe you don't have time for dating apps. And I think this, what, this is what brings us back to, regardless, it's what I want. Right. And Melanie, that was your spin on my title, which I love. So if you could just give us a little bit of a summary about what you mean by that, that would be just phenomenal. Yeah. So when you, I mean, again, just if you take away all of the superficial things and just the tangible things really is at the core of who you are, what is it that you want? And for me, a big thing is peace. Mm. If I'm staying up at night, wondering like, is this the guy? Did I say this wrong? Um, Did I show up a certain way and I wasn't supposed to? That's not what I want. What I want is peace. What I want is rest. What I want is love. What I want is to be seen, to be accepted, to belong. So when you strip away all the things and all the other voices, what is it that I want? You actually don't hold anything in your hands. You're able to embody it within yourself. And then your soul and spirit actually connects with somebody who also has those same things. Mm -hmm. And now you're not wondering. You don't have to look at them and double guess and is that a red flag? Is that a yellow flag? No, it's what I want. And when we get clear about what I want, then we actually can say no to everything that we don't want. And we get to receive in full capacity what we truly want. Because we know what we're looking for. My heart feels so warm. I'm so glad. (laughs) You're awesome. Okay. Well, with that beautiful, beautiful summary that will follow me throughout my dating endeavors and my single life, which is just phenomenal the way it is. (laughs) All right, we're into the syllabus steps portion of the episode, which is really a time for us to summarize what we've learned even further from Melanie's superhuman journey. So Mel, I would just love for you to provide us a little bit more with the exact specific, specific tools, excuse me, that have helped you to realize that throughout your 20s and dating, how you actively redefined intimacy and that regardless, it's what you wanted. So with that being said, I have two final questions for you. All right, number one, Katie. What resources have helped you create a healthy dating perspective? Yes, so um, I mentioned therapy. That was a really big one. and a lot of inner child healing, a lot of inner child work. Um, And then I mentioned faith and spirituality. So unlearning all of those things that I 
that were ingrained mm. within me and just relearning what does faith mean to me? What does spirituality look like in my life? And again, what were those voices and whose voices were they? And they're not Melanie's anymore and I don't have to abide by them. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then a book that I really recommend is How to Love Yourself Like Your Life Depends on It. There okay, are things author. in that book. Um, I, can't, I can't even say his name. Um, Kamal um it's his uh, i'll include him in the show notes so don't worry um and then there's a book how to be a best friend forever um by dr cloud and it's just i read the opening uh the introduction of this chapter and it like shook me to the core of like man i need to i need to find friends like this and i need to be a friend like this um so that's one. Um, and then the five minute meditation journal has really helped with just mindset shift, um, releasing things from your brain, just so that you can ask the right questions and really getting clear within yourself. Um, breathwork and meditation, again, just getting really quiet so that you can understand who is talking. Is it Melanie? Is it Sky? Mm-hmm. Is it you know, some random voice that yeah, I just that can be to listen really to. Hard work, but it's essential. It is essential. Um, and then there's a journal that I actually used um, when I went through a breakup. So it's okay, called what is it called? Take Two: A Journal for New Beginnings, and you can actually get it on Amazon. Love that. And it and it even it just it goes through. It also incorporates breathwork and meditation. So if that's something that's like difficult, this journal's amazing for it. And one last note on heartbreak. I remember the first time I was ever heartbroken, which was really, really painful. I felt like I was low-key dying. Yeah. Um, I remember my mother was on the phone with me and I was walking on the beach and she just said, Sky, when you're heartbroken, it means that you can deeply love. Mm -hmm you can deeply feel. And I think that's something we all have to remember. Well, Mel, I just, I adore you. And thank you for the most fruitful, juicy conversation. I am beyond excited to share this with my friends, my following, and will laugh when my father listens to this because I swear (laughs) he'll be texting me saying, why did you say this? I was like, dad, I'm 24 years old. You've done enough. It's what you wanted. It's what I want. Regardless, it's what I want, dude. (laughs) Well, Mel, I love you. And I just want to thank you from the bottom of my heart. Everyone, all of the resources, books, journals that Melanie has shared will be in the episode notes with links. I just love you. And if you want to chat with Melanie about any relationships and dating advice or matchmaking, her Instagram is tagged. That's awesome. Sky, thank you so much. Such an honor to share and just help you birth your podcast, help you birth your dream. So such an honor. Means the absolute world to me. All right, cutie. Bye, gorgeous. Love you. Love you. Thanks for listening to Regardless. I hope you've learned something from this month's soul conversation and will apply it to your own syllabus. Join me next month for a new guest, a new tool, and a new perspective. If you found value in this podcast, 
please empower your tribe by sharing, leaving a comment, review, and or subscribe. Catch new episodes on the second and fourth week of every month on all major audio podcast platforms. For more information about my life and updates about the podcast, head to my Instagram at Skylar Sorkin. Thank you for tuning in to Regardless. Now go kick some ass.